Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. Today, Eddie, do you know what we're doing? We're having, I guess you could call it a therapy session with one of our friends, and we're going to be doing this for the next few episodes. The next couple Sundays, we're going to have each individual guest come on, and it will be a different one of our friends or close contacts. I feel like this will be the most interesting, and so we're going to have multiple guests, and we're just going to, you know, interview them, I guess. Maybe a little therapy, if they have any issues. Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Uh, hi, my name is Sheldon. Uh, I'm apparently here for a therapy session. Oh, you're here for way more than a therapy session. I'm here okay. for way more, okay. We, we, we paid you extra for more than that. Uh, I'm being paid. So, like, the main question is, is <laughs> <laughs> the main thing is that we were wondering is, like, me and Eddie have, like, super chillax parents, right? Correct. Eddie's parents just don't care what he does. And, like, my parents... If I just ask, I'll do whatever I want. I just have to ask, right? So they'll let me do whatever. But you, on the other hand, have, like, unbelievably strict parents. Um, <clears throat> about that. So my parents are definitely more strict than the rest. Um, but that is because of some of the choices that I have made and kind of stuff like that, you know? Okay. So, like, I of course I have to ask, but I also have to sometimes expect to hear a, no, you can't do that. Uh, or just straight up, no. Sometimes it's a, I'll think about it, we'll talk about it later. And then sometimes, usually that turns into a no, but other times it's a yes. Um, it's kind of like, it really, my parents are strict, but it's also just all comes down to the choices that I've made in the past and that kind of leading up to now, I suppose. How how was it before you made those choices? Um, so I'm kind of a trouble child at home. Troubled? Um, <laughs> You're tr- are you troubled or a troubled child? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so there really, there was like, it's kind of all led up to like now where it's been just like kind of a constant no, but he's also letting up and I feel like kind of he's starting to realize that the age is kind of getting into his head that I am 17, you know, kind of almost an adult, stuff like that. But there's always kind of been like conflict at one point, and that is because of the choices that I've made on repeated occasions and kind of like stuff like that. So, you know, it's like it makes sense that they're so strict. I yeah. And, and so before you became, were you always the troubled child or was it like kind of just they're used to it? So they have, you know. They have this expectation that they need to bring down the law of rules on you and like expectations. Do you feel like you do you think when you came into this world, right? Do you think you were like dealt an unfair hand with like your siblings before you? No, I I feel like I actually have the better hand compared to my brother, but that's cuz me and my brother are kind of like we're we're just troubled children really. Um and you of, were always that? I would say we you Back before I lived in Mequon, you know, I was a good kid, uh, hung out with friends all the time. I could basically just tell them, hey, I'm going to go do this and, you know, when I go do that. Then we moved up here. I got older, uh, started trying new things, got into trouble multiple times, repeated occasions. You know, I've like lied and kind of it all led up to now where I have to ask. I can't leave the house without asking or getting like clearance on what I'm doing. Sure. Um, 
like for example today uh, I asked if I could go play uh, baseball for baseball open gym and he said no to that not today but then you guys called and he saw that and it was just like okay yo go do it I don't know if he wanted me to just get out of the house or something like that but that's weird that's really weird do you think that you know the the fact that like was your brother a troublemaker uh all throughout high well i I shouldn't all throughout high school i should say that because that's kind of what it was uh he had a big problem with girls still does Ah, um classic women (laughs) kind of runs in the family (laughs) the the constant problem oh continue uh kind of runs in the family you know he's had a lot of problems with girls um kind of jumping from one to one relying too much on them being codependent stuff like that sure not ripping on my brother i'm just kind of saying the facts um spitting the truth spin the mind truth um i could say that like a part of me does kind of have that problem you know mm-hmm. but a part of me also kind of wants to not be like my brother so it almost kind of conflicts but sometimes it just can't control it or other times you know shit just goes down that can't really me and eddie have talked about this before but we like all have people in our lives that we look at and we're like man i don't want to be like that person and not to say you don't like your brother or anything even the people that you're like close to have certain flaws that you're just like man i don't want to end up like him do you do you know what we're talking about? I do. And I also feel that way about my brother because he's done some stuff that, you know, my parents, my parents don't really compare me and my brother because they see us as two different people. You know, I act one way. He acts a totally different way. You know, I'm like nice. I feel like I'm nice. You know, I listen to people and I help people. He He's kind of like he can be an ass and he's short with people. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I'm not, I'm not trying to rip the, up my brother, nowhere. but he could be a real ass it, to me. It's true. I mean, I love my brother, but sometimes that's just how it goes, and you can't really control it. But he's been—I feel like he's been good to me. You know, like we've back in the past, we always fought. You know, we always me and him were always in conflict, but now you know we actually, you know, we actually um like we're almost binded together we still have our problems we still have our dilemmas but you know kind of work it out like adults it feels like no mm-hmm. he's doing great isn't he for his like first ever podcast yeah we didn't even like we asked like one question and like he's expanded on this question for what is the timer on the screen say Sheldon? uh it says six seven minutes dude one question seven minutes of content I'm going to milk him dry. I'm going to milk him for every penny he's worth. Yes, all all my family issues. Yeah, so expanding on the family, who else do you have in your family? So you talked a little bit about your dad, about your brother. Do you have any other siblings, or do you want to talk about your mom? Um, So my dad, um, my brother, uh, and then my mother is in Arkansas right now. Uh, I see her on occasion. I saw her during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, I will be seeing her during graduation. Um, And then I have step family uh, that came into my life when we first moved up here. That's been an interesting change. I can say that for sure. Having a step family? Yeah, having a step family that is so different personality and like behavioral wise, I guess. Because like 
I mean, you guys, you guys know my stepbrother. He's kind of more like, sometimes he can be more like, um, what's the word? It's eccentric, kind of. Like energetic? More energetic. Yeah. yeah. Like, would you say that I'm maybe more mellow, more laid back sometimes? You have your moments, but I, I would say your usual mood set is like chill. Well, of course I have my moments. Everyone has their moments. You don't want to be like this, this boring yeah. rock. Like you and him are flip-flopped in that he's mostly energized eccentric like you said but then sometimes chill you you're flip-flopped where you're mostly chill and then sometimes that energetic eccentric guy now your house um that when you first moved up here that you still live in isn't like the biggest house and that's not like a knock on you it's like a fairly small house for your family size my room's a closet yeah your room is literally a closet um and like you had to share that like you moved up here with like not knowing anybody right correct and then not only that but you moved into your small your small ass room with with a bunk bed it was almost like a dorm it's smaller than a dorm to be honest yeah so let me so uh it's like a side by side uh first moved up here the other side was occupied by an older lady uh she moved out um and then my grandma moved in there about a year and a half after we moved up here. Uh, but my room, my house, uh, it's definitely a smaller house. Definitely too small for the family that, you know, the size that we had. But my older stepbrother, he moved out. Um, to start off with, though, uh, we had a, like, pull-out couch kind of in the living room. Um, he and the little stepbrother slept on that. But then maybe like a year and a half, two years after living up here, uh, I finally made a deal with my dad to let my older stepbrother, uh, he was six, 17 at the time, move into my room and I had to get a bunk bed. Now, my room is smaller than a dorm room. Uh, it has a closet, but it is definitely small. Having two people in that room basically at all times was definitely hard. Uh you know, kind of lost a lot of privacy at that moment and kind of had some conflicts with me always playing video games in the room and him being more of an outdoor kind of dude. So definitely the size of the house and living situation was kind of a problem. And who initiated that? Like, was it your idea to get to have um, your stepbrother move in or was it was uh, your dad's? Or? Uh, actually, so... Uh, you know, me and him got closer. We kind of like, uh, we were brothers definitely for a while. And then after we were brothers, we were friends. We don't really talk anymore now. Um, after some stuff went down, but, um, yeah, I was like, yo, bro, you want to like, you can, you want to like just start sleeping in my room? Like, I know, like, okay, to start off before we had the bunk bed at the end of my bed, there was this little space. And then there was the door. He set up like a makeshift bed on the behind the door at the end of my bed just on the ground and he said it was the most comfiest thing he ever slept in until we got the bunk bed where then he moved his mattress out of storage and moved into the bunk bed and we shared the room with the bunk bed dang so it was your original idea to yeah it was my original idea um and you know it was pretty cool uh until we started wanting our own space more i suppose Mm-hmm, kind of sure. getting older wanting privacy you know well, um, who doesn't exactly like yeah a, a room smaller than a dorm room and you gotta like live with the dude who you've literally never met before and have no past experience do you think that 
like closeness like brought you together quicker than like what normally would have happened oh we always used to joke about how like we were forced to be friends kind of if we if we weren't stepbrothers um we wouldn't have gotten along and i still stand by that uh well we're two opposite people sure you know um and uh he kind of like introduced me to that kind of side of like our school, I guess, kind of like the more outdoorsy stuff like that. You know, the, I, the country folk. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> the, um, the more like adventurous type or the more outgoing people. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of the like... The shop kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, like I'm kind of more just like uh, normal classroom and then go home, sit in my room, play video games. Uh, he's more like... Uh, He's more interested in like shop classes, didn't really care about classroom stuff, sure. then go home, go fishing, or go hunting, or go on some esca- escapade, you know, and around the Northwoods. Was he kind of the same where he was also a, treated as like a, a troubled child like you and your brother were? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Like, how was he treated by your parents? Would you feel like, yeah, because if the the... His mom and your dad, right? They, could you tell there was a difference in parenting style, or would they? Would you both be equally treated? Um, <clears throat> uh, I can't really say who got in more trouble. Um, it's kind of been like sort of an equal amount, but um, um, you know, Eric, he's pointed out. Eric has kind of pointed out, and Dad's kind. Of, dad himself's kind of pointed out uh that uh like he kind of got harsher punishments but also sometimes like he just straight up kind of deserved it mm-hmm. you know and then i now that he's moved out, i kind of are starting to get harsher punishments because i'm deserving it and my dad wants me the best person i could be and you know quit the quit the the shit i suppose at what point do you think your father will realize that like you know, you've you've reached that point where he doesn't need to give out those harsher punishments anymore. You think it's gonna be like after high school? Um, I don't really believe in punishing. Punishing, to be honest, you know, I've had my fair share and it's never really done anything. I just, you know, I get punished. I wait a little bit and then I end up just doing the same thing again. I hate to say it, but it's kind of true. I don't really believe in like. So t- so if if you had a kid. Right. What would, and he did something he wasn't supposed to. Let's say he got caught, you know, at a at a drinking party, right? And like, I, no. Let's say, what would be what be something severe, Eddie? I don't know. He got like caught by the cops for like vandalizing the school or something. Oh, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Your your kid just got like caught like graffitiing the school up. What do you? How do you like punish that? What would you think be the best way? Okay. Well, obviously, there's some punishment there if you get involved with the cops. You know. That's kind of a big deal. Because, like, you said before, you don't believe in in punishment. But then earlier before, you also said, when talking about your stepbrother, that he deserved the punishment. So, like... At what point is is punishment level there? Let me talk about, like, the punishment itself, you know? That's a good... Yeah, what what do you consider, like, a punishment? I guess we have to clarify that. When I'm punished, when I'm grounded, uh, I still am technically grounded, I'm told. Um... You know, it's Wait, kinda, right now? Uh, You're grounded right now? More or less. What did you <laughs> What did you do? Um, I can explain that. 
Haven't you been grounded for like a year now? Dude, I swear you've been grounded for like I've eight months. I've been grounded for two months. Uh, it's really on and off, but that's also because of my choices. And then other times I feel like it's kind of just like he's had enough of my shit. Because mm. um, I know that you like got your PC taken away from you. Let me uh, let me talk about kind of like the punishments that I'm given. Okay. That he was given. Um, so when we are punished, when we're grounded... Uh, usually it involves with all electronics being taken away at home. The phone, classic. That's PC, a classic maneuver. Any, any sort of like electronic, it's basically taken. Yeah. I don't believe in that because, you know, it's kind of like, don't get me wrong, having your electronics taken away for a little bit, like a week, two weeks, a week, you know, it's like, it's nice. It's almost therapeutic. You know, you just sit at home. But it's also, it's also like hell you're so disconnected in a world that's fully connected in every which way possible. And it's like, you really do. You feel like so alone. And then you also feel so left out because every time, you know, um, like something's going on and you don't hear about it. You hear about it like maybe later or like, for example, I had my phone taken away and my stepbrother got into a car crash and I found out about that, uh, a day later from his girlfriend. Fun fact. I was like, whoa interesting you would know. you come because not only that like you're grounded for that amount of time with no cellular device or no outlet to the world and your house is so small it's almost like solitary confinement oh it definitely in a way. is like you like you literally start to lose your mind you definitely you know? do you start kind of having like um you know you it's really just all about self re- self reflection at that point and it's kind of like you self reflect so much it kind of starts like rotting at you like why did i do that why can't i just be better you know um i used to have this habit where uh i can't talk to people so i would just write down my thoughts on a notebook and you know i would just i would do that for like an hour before bed and then this past year my dad found the notebook with all my thoughts and i was like you shouldn't be reading that dude because you know there's some stuff in there about him about the situation it's like you can't really you can't really be doing that i feel like you can't it's kind of like a diary that's like your that's like your thoughts that's like if someone could read your mind that's wrong that's not okay you shouldn't read you shouldn't did he read it he did read it and he He did tell me he did and he uh pointed it out and i was like yo you can't really be doing that like i feel like you can't do that that would be like if you went through your because you said it was a substitute for talking to people and texting them so do you do you feel like it was the same as him going through your phone and looking at conversations with other people yeah definitely um that's worse than that because you're not even talking to anyone it's like a conversation with yourself yeah but you're writing it down so it's almost like He's invading, not only is he taking like your outlet to the world and then all you have left is like your personal thoughts. He's in, he's invading his personal thoughts, which is crazy to think about. I've never had a situation like that. And I know you haven't either, which that, yeah, this is kind of like, it almost feels uh, he's taken everything else away from you. All you have left is up what's up in here. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've physically written down what you have up in there just so you don't go fucking insane and he's taking that from you he's literally do you realize that like that's 
not a lot of people go through what you go through. Do you realize this? Uh, it's kind of an exhausting thought. The thought, because you know, it's also by my own choice and decision. Like, um, like repeated occasions of like, uh, like smoking, for example. Uh, get caught with that. Have to deal with that. Um, and then it always kind of goes downhill from there. Everything just keeps piling on and piling on some some sort of another, and it's like physically, mentally exhausting and it's kind of like it really puts you in a bad spot um do you think that's the reason why you keep doing bad stuff is because of the punishment i can tell i feel like i can tell you exactly why i do rebel Uh, i feel like i rebel personally i can't say that for sure um but i feel like i rebel because i like to have the choice you know i'm 17 i feel like i don't really have a choice of a whole lot of things and you know i've talked to him about it uh, I just want that choice because I'm going to be 18 here soon. And it's like a daunting thought to think about having choices made all my life, not being able to really make my own life choices, being able to do my own thing, you know, stuff like that. The big decisions, uh, he usually does it for me. Uh, and it's like, holy shit, I'm going to be 18 in what, th- three, three, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And it's like what do I do? And in that same amount of time, you're going to be graduated. So you're going to like become an adult and graduate at basically the same time. Exactly. How do you even, how do you go from your parents forcing you to make all your decisions to like, you're going to get up and you're going to want to go do something. Right. And you're not quite sure. So you're going to look around for someone to ask, but then you realize that like you only have to ask yourself. You know, like you don't have that daunting wall over you or like that shield or like, I don't want to call him a helicopter parent because he's not like that kind of parent. I've, I've met your father, um, but it's almost like you don't know how to, you don't even know how to think for yourself. You haven't had that choice, those free options because you're, you're just used to rebelling and then the punishment. But one day the, the punishment isn't going to come unless you do something really bad and then get arrested. But like the punishment won't be there. And then what do you do? It's always a thought of paranoia for me at this point now. It's where if I do something, how is it going to come back and bite me in the ass? That's really all I think about with a lot of things sometimes now. He's always like, before you do something, take a step back and think about the consequences. So I think about that for everything. I mean, hell, I think about that for leaving the toilet seat up sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I just picture him leaving the toilet seat up, and then he's, like, sitting in his room, writing down his thoughts. He's like, I left the fucking toilet seat up just to spite him, just just to get him this one time. He's, he'll never see it coming. And then, like, two in the morning, you'd be like, God damn it, Sheldon, you left the fucking toilet seat up. You'd be like, you bastard, I got him. It's just like, and also this senior year for me has been the hardest year for me, but also... You know, parts of it have been the best part, you know, like the best parts of my life, I feel like. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it's because of like a lot of things, but I, you know, you're naturally as a human, you're naturally thinking about kind of the negatives more than the positives. And it's been just super hard mentally this past year. Um, I've definitely struggled a lot with everything kind of in general, um, 
but it's also kind of helped me because it's kind of told me that I can talk to people about my problems. But then there's also, you know, the fact that like, uh, I'm called like manipulative and, uh, attention seeking when I do try to find help. And like just recently I was having very bad thoughts about, you know, um, like, uh, you know, uh, causing harm to myself just recently. And it was like, if I talk to someone about this, am I just manipulating them? Am I seeking attention? Like, what am I doing? What do you you consider manipulation? I don't even know at this point. My definition of manipulation, really all social interaction is manipulation. If I go up to you and say, hello, I'm technically manipulating you to say hello back. It's kind of expected. The only bad manipulation in my book is whether it only benefits you or you're trying to hurt the other person. And I don't think that you're that either of those two things really are fall, accurate are, are accurate for that kind of situation. That's almost sad to think that, you know, you're having like actual thoughts of hurting yourself, Sheldon. And like you're 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 scared to reach out to people because you're afraid you're gonna like hurt them. But the only way you're going to, like, get better is if you, like, reach out and, like, and you get that help. I mean, hell, look what you're doing right now. This is borderline therapy, if you think about it. You're, this is almost like the notebook, right? You're spewing all your thoughts out into this, you know, microphone. And you're you're receiving input this time, not from yourself, but from others. So you're getting that relief of telling someone, but then you're getting, like, actual feedback back to yourself, which can only be healthy. That is true, but sometimes I really do kind of, uh, I definitely am kind of scared of telling people about my problems because I am kind of worried that it's going to lead to me being called a manipulator again. You know, um, I have multiple sources that can answer this, that um, there've been mul- there's been a couple of days during school where I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I go like to the LMC back room and I just sit there and there's been multiple sources to say that I am just gone at that point. You know, I've talked to school counselors. Um, it kind of all happens under wraps. Obviously I kind of keep it under wraps cause I don't really want people to know this part of me, but I've been, <clears throat> there's been parts of me that believe like, holy shit, am I mentally unstable? Am I like, am I, am I truly seeking attention or manipulating people? I I think you out of everyone are very self-aware because a lot of people don't think about the actions they take. They don't think about their thoughts. They just do their thoughts or they just do their actions. You know, they don't really reflect back on those things. I have a lot of self-awareness myself and listening to you talk is kind of like listening to my own thoughts whenever I think about what I have done. And so there's a lot of like paranoia that comes with that, but there's also a lot of lessons that you learn from it. So like even if you are even if you were unstable, you're still very self-aware, which means that things will get better because no matter what you're going to learn lessons. You can reflect upon yourself. 
the fact that you even like thought enough to be isolated in a room alone and thought to yourself, maybe I should write down these thoughts. It's is so much higher level of self-awareness that people don't have in this world anymore that just proves that I think you're going to be okay when the dust settles. You will be more prepared for bad situations than I feel like 99% of people in this world will be ready for. You've already been able to, uh, what is it called, compartmentalize? Or what is that word I'm looking for here? Compartmentalize? Is that it? For uh, what? I don't know. Just his thoughts and ideas in general. To, to like organize your thoughts. Yeah, you, to, 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 to organize. Keep track of. Keep track of and just control your emotions through what you've gone through already is very impressive. It's very impressive, Sheldon. Thank you. Thank and you. That's a good gateway into we've talked about like what's happening now, what has led up to these things. But what about your future? What do you see after you turn 18? And because you you did say that it kind of the thought kind of freaks you out a little bit that you're going to gain this huge amount of freedom afterwards. What do you think your life is going to look like after graduation? How about, like, what are you doing after graduation? Like, let's start there. Like, what are your plans? Um, so there's still, like, mountain. There's, like, there's books that I could write that has happened in the past that has led up to today, right now, me in this room. Mm-hmm. You know, I could write, I could write a, a trilogy on everything that's happened this senior year that's been my ups my downs and my you know deepest darkest times of times you know um there's a lot and there's a lot more i could could discuss but my future um all throughout high school i I've, i've always known i am going to be successful i've always been able to tell myself i am going to be successful one way or another and that's because i just know it you know, I'm a hard worker. Um, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like something that you, you can say for sure. You know, you're going to be successful. After high school, uh, I plan on going, plan on working for a while. Uh, I need to start working more right now. I want to try to at least be working. Do you think that you want to work so much because it distracts you from the here and now? Yes, uh, I want to work so much because I need money. Because <laughs> tell tell me about it. You tell us about that all day. Well, this summer I have this summer I have the big goal of being able to move out into my own place and then kind of finally experiencing that little bit of freedom. Um, that that's not just a little bit. That's like. You're, like, you're going to go from no freedom to all to, the freedom to all the freedom. And that's kind of a scary thought, too. But this is a goal I have set myself and I am legitimately contemplating quitting uh, quitting baseball this spring to be able to work my ass off, get money to financially be able to support myself after high school when I get my own place. I have a job opportunity. I have two job opportunities lined up this summer already. One's uh, kind of like a county worker in uh, uh, in uh, Manaqua. Mm. Um, kind of like a water operator type gig, and then construction jobs for uh, you know uh, Mr. O even offered me a job. Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. So I have job opportunities lined up, but I need to wait till summer. I need to wait till 18 until I'm 18. And then kind of like once I'm 18, I'm kind of home. I'm in the clear, but I'm not. I feel like I won't be in the clear anymore. When's your birthday again? June 17th. Oh, so you're going to graduate. Then like two weeks later, you're going to turn 18. Yep. Oh. So like, how how are you going to move out? Are you going to rent an apartment, live with someone? Are you going to... Um, my plan right now is to rent an apartment, but if I need to, if I need to find someone to live with, find someone I can just pay rent to for a little bit, then I'm going to do that. But I just need to kind of get out of the house, get out of, you know. And, and have you already like started to look at apartments or anything? I've done browsing mm-hmm. a little bit. Do you know like how to get an apartment? No, I don't really know any of these life skills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, those are skills that we all wish we knew we don't as high schoolers yeah none of us know those life skills like well well i'm I'm sure you do but like the average high schooler wouldn't like mm -hmm. i don't uh i would say like a lot of kids in our class don't because like if you do want to get an apartment and and such definitely are gonna have to like get credit score gonna have to you know like build the 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 necessary means of accessing that yeah i don't know (laughs) you you have no idea you're just gonna do it i just i'm gonna do it because you are a very in the moment kind of guy that's the reason why you don't really like a, a rigid schedule and so it's like you have plans but they're like loose plans you don't know how you're gonna achieve them but like you're like, eh, I'll think of it in the moment. The template is set. It's just get it. It's just filling in that template to getting the goal complete, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The main thing that makes me and Eddie such a dynamic duo is that I have the ability that you have, Sheldon, with those future plan goals oriented, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. Eddie's all about like the almost here and now, and he's able to like walk through that step by step with me, which makes us like the killers of ideas. <laughs> I, would you, you have such it's it's gonna be really interesting for you i'm really excited to see what you do with your life and how you're gonna like just come back from i don't know everything you've been through type of deal mm, i'm i'm definitely excited to see what happens but it's also like we're growing up you know yeah, we're, <laughs> we're Every, adults. Everything, <laughs> like, feel, everything feels like it's, to me, it kind of feels like it's either you get it done or you don't. You know, I've kind of been told everything's, most things are black and white. You do or you don't. True. Um. Uh, you know, like, I don't really know how to expand on that. You know, like, for your main problems coming up in the future... Do you think that it's planning that you have a problem with? Or do you think that it's going to be in the moment? Because you say that you have made mistakes because of your choices. I'm guessing that those were like in the moment choices that you now regret. Correct. So do you think in the moment is your problem? Or do you think you don't plan things out enough? Both. Both? 
both. Um, uh, okay. So I'm going to like go, I'm going to go in the past now, you know, I'm kind of jumping back and forth. I apologize. Oh, that's fine. But, um, December, December 16th, December 14th or 16th, I was grounded for, uh, smoking, uh, about a week later, uh, I was caught with something that happened in the past relating to alcohol, uh, that kind of hung up, uh, grounded for that. Went to Arkansas over New Year's. Uh, I had my phone back for that point in time. Went home. Everything was good for about three days or so. And then the hammer dropped on me again. And this was like, I freaked out. I was like, this was definitely my most unstable point in time. Um, I have a, I've been talking to a lovely female. Um. Uh, and then there were rumors coming up about me, like, being aggressive and stuff like that. That s- somehow got to my parents, and they just, you know... Reamed into you, as I'm sure they did. They definitely did. <laughs> uh, they reamed into her a little bit. Uh, and something I regret to this day, I still don't know why I did it, but as they were talking to me private family conversation I kept her on the phone in my bedroom and she heard everything uh I told them that happened I don't know why I told them that's another thing I regret I wish I just never told them because it was brought up today how I uh betrayed trust and kind of broke that boundary and caused so much pain and stress in the household she heard everything um we weren't we weren't able to see each other for a while uh we had uh we were under the guise of friends for a while and then valentine's day came around you know i got a job everything was going better grades were good um i was able to hang out with her over valentine's and then we decided uh finally uh we decided that you know let's get like more serious into things i guess uh and then just recently the hammer was dropped even harder them telling me that we're no longer friends, we're no more than friends, uh, I'm not supposed to be talking to her, uh, I still do, um, yeah, like, even, like, while you were coming into, uh, to the room just before the podcast, you were on call with her, I was, and it's, it's a very hard, it's a very difficult situation, um, because, you know, it's like, I I want things to be perfect, you know. I'm I'm An about idealist. giving people good experiences for sure. Yeah. And I can't even go do things with her. I can't hang out with her, and that's kind of been a main driving force to me getting out of the house, is so I can be with the people that I can't be with anymore. Mm-hmm. They they tell me, you know, you're done. Uh, if you're still talking to her, if you know, if things are still going on the hammer is going to be dropped. You're going to be put into full lockdown. It's like, that's a very difficult thought because I can't just leave someone who I genuinely like. I can't do that. It's like, how are you supposed to abandon someone you genuinely care for? Exactly. That's, that's and hard. Someone that genuinely cares for me and helps me. And I mean, it's just like, it's a very emotional wrecking kind of situation. And like right now it's kind of like, it's kind of like getting me in my feels, I suppose. 
-hmm. It's like I wanted things to be so perfect that it now it feels like, you know, uh, it's like just no, you can't have perfect. You have to you have to struggle at least one point in time because things don't usually work out for me. Uh, And that's kind of another like worrying. There's a lot of stressors in my life. And if I let them get to me, then I really go downhill. So the one thing for me is, is that it seems like you have all these fires in your life, right? These like these either they're nagging issues or they're issues that just keep coming up. And what happens is, is that like these punishments last so long that like it's, it's a fire that, you know, comes up and you're able to like push it down into this small little flame, but you're never able to like, like put out the fire. And so then another fire springs up and another fire springs up and you're, you're still able to like put down these fires, but eventually there's going to be a bigger fire that comes along and you have all these other fires that are going to burst out of control because you're not able to monitor them. And then that's when your life just collapses. And that's, that's partially a problem I feel like you're dealing with right now. And number two, uh, I feel like you can't put this all on yourself. You have to know that. Do you know that? Like, not all of this is your fault. Sure, you've made some decisions in your past, right? But you can't possibly blame this all on yourself. There's no way that you should ever think like that. Do you agree? Your default mode is kind of that it's your fault. Because, you know, this is something that I talked about with you before, but, like, you feel as if it's your obligation to care for other people's feelings. And so that makes it so that you don't care about at all about your own emotions. And in fact, you default to it's my fault, not their fault. I'm supposed to take care of them. And so that really bites you in the end sometimes. Yeah, and that's kind of something that, like, racks at me, especially in relationships. It's because, like, I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, I might have not even done something, but it's always, like, why? Why can't I fix this? Why can't I, uh, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it feels like it always falls back on me, and I can't, I, I want to control it, but I really just can't sometimes, and it really, like, messes me up i suppose and well uh an analogy that i like to use uh is you know when an airplane is uh, having a lot of turbulence uh and you know they they have like a like a nose dive or something um these oxygen masks come down and um they tell you if you have a child to put your own mat- oxygen mask on first before you put your kids on so that like if while you're putting their mask on then you pass out now you're both screwed but if you put your on uh your own on first then you can handle them and so i think that's a really good analogy for the fact how if you don't have yourself secure you could actually when trying to help others hurt them in the end. What do you think about that? How? I think uh, I would definitely put their mask on before me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's something I'm really trying to kind of like get, I'm trying to like break because I need to, I need to stop. I need to focus on myself, but sometimes it just feels like it's mentally and physically impossible. I I can't really explain it. I think you summed it up pretty good there. You, for your whole life, you've been putting the oxygen masks on others first and then things happen that hurt you and, and it's so jarring, right? That, you know, you helped others, but things still come back to you. It, it, it's a really bad cycle for you, to be honest. I'm just telling the truth that you help, the way you help people and, and the how you put your neck out there and how you just extend a laying hand and then eventually a person will come along or something will come along that you can't either control and it hurts you and because you help that other person you feel like it's your fault in, in a way and it's it's really not healthy. or in the analogy you end up passing out because you don't have your own oxygen mask on the same can be said like i'm seeing like kind of like what you guys said about for me I can say the same thing that I did to my dad. He sticked his neck out. He trusted me. And then turns out, you know, he found out I was smoking again. And I have been smoking. Uh, I'm done now. I haven't smoked since December. I haven't drank since December. Don't plan on it anytime soon. Don't even plan on doing it really after I'm 18. Um, But, you know, he sticks his neck out for me. And then I end up, I end up biting it. Or I end up biting him. And he... I've done it repeatedly. Um, you know, it's like I need to I need to focus on myself and family, and I've been doing that a lot more. But then, as soon as I start doing that, or as soon as I try doing that, and I'm focusing on myself, and I bring in who I think is a positive impact on my life, someone who I truly believe cares about me, and then that just gets shut down. Because they heard a rumor. And, and you know, they have a fair point. Because to this day, I don't really know where that rumor came from. I would really like to know who's, like where it just came from. But I don't. And it's kind of something that does bother me. But, you know, it's kind of like... She's done so much for me. That if she really was trying to like ruin my life, it would be pointless. She's wasting her time when you know what i mean do you think that you rely on her like your brother relies on girls yeah i think it runs in the family a little bit i'm just better at it i guess i'm not as you, reliant. you like stick to one woman instead of sticking to, like going to other like women <laughs> so so you have the ability to get multiple women at once but you you choose to have one correct correct <laughs> well also he's joking a, i'm he, joking he's an ass I'm nice. I treat I treat her with, you know, I hold I kind of hold her up. He uh, my brother, he's not usually the best with women. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like he's abusive or anything like that. I'm just saying like sometimes like it's like, yo, like just chill out. Like the normal common courtesy stuff he doesn't do. Yeah. Or like it's just like He's almost too selfish sometimes. I think he's been getting better at it, but he really needs to work on it. 
me, I am me. I feel like I'm pretty selfless. I have my moments. Everyone does, of course, but I try to f- make sure that things are going good for her before I make thing before I make sure things are going good for me, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a good trait of mine for me, but it's a trait I like having because I build strong relationships and I have people who have my back when I, when I don't have my own back, I guess. And, and where you lack to have, you know, that, that idea of putting the mask on yourself first, there are other people around you in your life who are willing to put your mask on for you, which is a very nice thought and a very comforting thought for me that people are able to, you know, also not focus on themselves first and who care about you. And you should, you should really reconcile in the fact that people were willing to put the mask on you first. You you should soak that in a little bit that people really genuinely care about you that much. That's kind of something that I don't realize no matter how hard I think about it. Um, she's had to remind me multiple times when I have had, uh, like thoughts about hurting myself that people, I would hurt everyone around me. I have people who rely on me. I have people who genuinely like love me. And she, she like, she literally had to remind me at one point that there are people like that who are out there close to me. Cause sometimes I, I forget, I don't realize it. I, I don't really know. And also that like, People get hurt when you get hurt. And so that's why even when you focus on yourself, you are helping other people because you are preventing hurting them because you are preventing hurting yourself. If you get hurt, they get hurt. And so if you prevent you getting hurt and you focus on yourself, then you are still helping other people. And it goes back to that mask analogy. You're putting the mask on for yourself, so then you can put the mask on for other people. You gotta secure yourself first so that you don't pass out. You can't for my fire analogy, right, with all the fires in the house. Mm-hmm. Let's say you see another person's house on fire, right? And you wanna help them. You cannot help them if your house burnt down. Because you won't have the tools to help them right if you put out your flames though you are able to like go help the other houses that are on fire that's that's the bottom line the mask the fire it's all the same thing for pretty much realizing that yourself shouldn't come first because then you have this idea that if you put yourself first you're selfish right i have the idea by putting yourself first you are in a better position to be less selfish, to be so much better as a human that you can help anyone else. You know, it's, I mean, am I wrong on any of that? No. And also you have to think like, if you don't have yourself secure and you try to help someone that could even end up hurting them because like, it would be the same thing if someone who's like, 600 pounds tried giving gym advice 
you know, in a way, because it's like. <laughs> Did you mean that to be funny? Because it was really funny. <laughs> it's just that, like, not only do they not have the experience, they have very negative experience with that. And so the advice that they give is going to come from bad experience. And it's going to end up hurting someone in the end. So securing yourself first helps prevent giving out bad advice as well. And I hope that when we publish and upload this episode, that you can listen to it on your darker days and take it like, like you, you hear it coming out of your own mouth. Mm -hmm. It's like the words in that notebook are, are talking to you. It's you. This is you. This is you saying these things right now. And it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch you just maybe re-listen to this episode and help you when your times get tough, you know, that you always, you got to remember that you have this mindset of helping yourself to help others to have just a better quality of living. So is, is working and just getting that freedom, the current plan, or is there anything else? Um, work, make money, earn my, earn my freedom that I've wanted for years how is the lovely female going to fit in your equation? Uh, she, she's kind of like pushing me along because she wants to see like, kind of like my betterment. Because she's two grades below us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, are you still going to continue to talk to her after graduation? Uh, I plan on it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I hate saying this, but a part of me is kind of worried because three and a half months is kind of like a long time to wait. And sometimes I don't really see myself as the type of person you'd want to wait for. But mm-hmm. yet also I do because, you know, it's just kind of like one of those things. Uh, I would personally wait for someone, you know, I, f- I definitely think she would. And she's been, she's helping me. You know, she's kind of like letting me know what to do. And she's actually the one who uh, found out the job working for the county. You know, she found that job. It's a pretty decent gig, pretty good pay. Mm-hmm. You know, it could really help me. And she she brought that up. She pointed it out. Um, uh, you know, I, I plan on keeping her around. Yeah. I plan on having her kind of after I plan on having her after graduation and are there any other people who are in your life now that you really want to like secure and keep into the future do you have like a group of people that you have in mind well obviously we our friend group yeah you know I'm gonna have my PC we can you know continue staying up all on all hours of the night you know playing the minecraft like we usually do sometimes Um, you know, I just, I continue to plan on talking and, uh, I plan on keeping the people I have in my life now after high school and beyond. That's kind of been my goal as soon as I went into high school and I, after hearing, you know, all the, all the stuff about how, oh, all those friends that you had in high school, you know, they're going to be gone after high school. It's like you, you have to put in effort to keep them there then. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you two really just don't, if you, if you really just don't get along, then shit happens. 
if it was meant to be, it's meant to be. If it wasn't, it wasn't. Hey, you got you got me and Eddie for the next two years. Damn. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you ever feel alone, like everyone's moved away, me and Eddie will still be here, probably feeling the same thing, working on our dreams, our goals. We've talked about that goal on the podcast, our goals on the podcast, and um, we've given ourselves a deadline of two years to make it work. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then we split ways and we can go our separate ways. Uh, but we we said to each other that, you know, if an opportunity ever arises again, that I'll pick up the phone, he'll pick up his phone, and we'll make it work. You know? But don't feel alone, because you're never alone. Especially with the freedom you'll now have. You probably have this sense of loneliness from being in your room so much, isolated. Uh, but when you're free and you have your own place, right, you'll always have the interconnected web of like the, the internet or Snapchat or Messenger will always be there. Everyone will always be there for you. And at that point, there's nobody that can take that away uh, except yourself and, you know, outside forces like death. Like one of us died. Yeah. But then it's just you. Mm-hmm. There's no grounding. There's no losing your phone anymore. There's no taking away your PC. It's just, you know, you don't have to feel afraid of being alone is that what you're afraid of just to an extent yeah you don't have to worry about that (laughs) past high school i know it seems like you have to worry about that because you won't see us you know monday through friday for whatever hours of school you'll still have us Mm -hmm. even more than you might have had us before so don't be don't be afraid to reach out like is that the reason why um you always say that you're busy every weekend because like before you were going to be in our D&D group, Dungeons and Dragons. But um, then it kept on popping up. Oh, sorry, I got to do something for my dad this weekend. And then next weekend, got, sorry, got to do something. Next weekend, oh, sorry, guys, I got to do something. Is that is that just being grounded and well, you, you haven't want to like opened up about that? The I would say I believe like the two, the first two weeks... Uh, it started, I was always busy, uh, hanging out with, uh, you know, the female at the time who we were just friends and it just always, it always ended up being planned on the same day. You know, we'd plan it like a week before, you know, we gave it time to plan. And then you guys had your D and D session, you know, mm-hmm. planned it like the later in the week. And it was just like, uh, well, I, I don't really want to cancel. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it kind of just ended up being me being grounded me not being able to go and me not wanting, not wanting slash being scared to ask to go do something. Mm-hmm. Do, you know. do they ever like get angry at you for asking? Uh, yeah, yeah. they do. And also sometimes he says, uh, if you keep asking, then it's going to, I'm going to like, for example, my phone, uh, mm-hmm. if you keep asking for your phone, I'm going to keep it longer. That's, that's, a crazy thought because Mm -hmm. the same thing happens with my girlfriend and her more strict parents. Right. The, the, I can't fathom the fact of like me bringing something up multiple times where we, we like will increase the punishment. She's asked before to like 
hey, can I, we'll be out with a bunch of friends and her parents will give her like a very strict deadline to be home. As you know, the classic deadline. And you'd be like, hey, can I stay for another 30 minutes to an hour? I'm having lots of fun. And they'll be like, actually, no. Because you asked that, I want you home a half hour sooner now. It's like, what? How does it even make sense? I don't, I don't get it. (laughs) It's just like, would you rather not ask and then I show up late and then you're mad? How can you be more mad if I just ask you? I don't I don't get it. Like, do you think that your parents, the reason for them doing that is because they view your freedom as theirs and like you, they view it as you're taking away their choice by being parents um in the same way that you get angry when they take your choice away maybe a part of that but also like another reason that they're so like strict and um you know all that sorts of stuff is because they just don't trust me with reason of course you know like i said i always i would usually just go out do stupid half illegal stuff and um cause problems end up getting caught end up breaking their trust uh time goes by uh do it behind their back sometimes uh in the past uh getting caught again break their trust again uh and sometimes i try to lie my way out of it and i would kind of always you know so i understand why they're so strict sometimes but other times i feel like it's just not necessary You know, there was, this summer, I did have my dad's trust. Um, You know, I can confidently say that. He did trust me. I was able to go do things when I wanted to, Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, But there was always, like, it always felt like, even if if he did trust me and he did let me just go do things, of course, after asking, there was always that suspicion. I mean, my location is constantly tracked 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like another thing that I have a problem with. It's like, I feel like I'm just kind of like always on their leash, never like, really growing up. Like, even when you're not at home, you feel like you're still at home because you're being tracked and because you're still on that leash. Uh, Kind of like how, you know, my if you're under my roof, my rules. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, it feels like kind of everything is his rules. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, the rules don't just apply to the house. They apply to your entire life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really don't really have any idea what to do when it comes to a lot of things. Like, for example, this summer... I want to do it. I want to get my own place. I want to move out. I want to have my own freedom. But I don't even like really know where to start. It's mm-hmm. like right now to kind of cope with that, I just want to work, have the money to start doing it, or at least try it. That's the one thing you know you do need is the money. I do I do absolutely need the money. So at least you have a base. That's a base for a lot of things is money. Uh, freedom is going to be your base for money. Uh, or your base for freedom will be money. Um, what else? I mean, just having a good quality of life, being happier, 
people say money doesn't lead to happiness. I would disagree. I would say money enables happiness because no homeless pe- person is ever truly happy, right? They're happy with, and again, there's an extent to that, how much that leads, uh, money leads to happiness, but money enabling your joy, having a stable house, having a stable job, right? Being able to afford the things that you want that make you happy in return will cause your happiness. So that money, you know, you need money. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's yep. period money. That's kind of why I want to sacrifice my last season of high school. want to sacrifice, you know, baseball to have that money so I can feel comforted by that. Because to be honest, baseball would just be another stressor. You know, it's fun. I love baseball. But it would just be another stressor at points, and mm-hmm. I don't really want another one. Maybe, like, drama in the team or, like... Definitely drama in the team is going to be a problem this year. Mm-hmm. You think so? I know so. He knows so. I know so. Because of certain people on the team? You know exactly who. Yeah. Yeah. That that would just be a, something I don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, like, performance, I guess. And would you feel better about yourself knowing that you're being responsible and that you're you're like on a future focused path like you're sacrificing now so that later you're secure well last night uh when i didn't get on sorry about that uh last night i went out with dinner with my dad uh mm-hmm. and family uh met up with some friends met up with a guy who owns who owns a security tech company and that's the field I'm trying to get into later in life. He owns a company. Uh, after dinner, we went over to his place. Uh, he showed me kind of like some, like just the stuff that you can do with security tech. Mm-hmm. You know, this he has like, he has a couple houses. He has one house be, uh, themed entirely for snowmobiling. Uh, he has like a big old tree house. He has a, like a lo- loft kind of thing. Um, and then he has this big garage that's his man cave, basically. Yeah. Um, and he was just showing me all this stuff and, like, you know, makes good money, has houses. You know, it's just, like, and it's a, it's honestly cool because you have all these cameras that are connected to a mesh that are then going to a server that you can then access from the cloud literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, like next week he plans on either shipping me or bringing me just like kind of like a basic camera with the software and I'm going to kind of tinker with that have set that up for myself and then I'll be able to kind of have this camera that I can literally view from anywhere and I plan on using that with my senior portfolio that would look amazing having a working camera that I could just you know hey check this out you know yeah um but you know uh he kind of like I talked to him we had a long long discussions about kind of like the field and future driven kind of stuff for me and I was like that felt really good Mm -hmm. I want to continue working on my future because that's going to be me yeah what do you need to get into the uh, security tech area Um, field I honestly kind of want to I want an apprenticeship if I can under him or for his company or go to a tech school. What do you what do you even do? Uh there's multiple like branches in security tech. 
uh, he was talking to me about like fire sprinkler, fire alarm kind of techs, tech, uh, technicians, and they make upwards of 50 bucks an hour, you know, sprinkler systems, fire alarms, stuff like that. It's like, holy shit. And then there's security, like cameras and stuff like that, you know, card readers, cameras, you know, technology, security tech, technology. Yeah. It'd be a sick job. That would be a sick job. And like he was telling me about how just like, um, uh, like he, uh, uh, installed this security technology and stuff into these, like into buildings in Milwaukee into I believe like a college or something up in Michigan mm-hmm. and it's like that would just be super cool and you're also helping people you know with fire alarms you know if there's a fire people need to know right yeah sprinklers you're helping people you could be saving lives and you, it's also a very mechanical field but a very also like tech field you know I feel like I'm pretty good with computers I can understand it you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of learn how to, how like networks work, IPs, stuff like that, and you gotta learn how, um, kind of like how you can set up this, uh, uh, like this, this mesh. That can then all go into one singular server that can then go into the cloud, and so then you can look at that mesh and everything on the mesh cameras alarms locks lights and you can access that from anywhere do anything from anywhere you know yeah that's that is really interesting and you could do both both apprenticeship and also you tech can, if you want to tech school yeah mm-hmm. that's really cool mm-hmm. and that's why i wasn't on at all last night sorry jake that's a good reason that's a yeah that's a good reason do you feel better about yourself? Just that little bit of reassurance that, hey, I kind of maybe know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> it makes me be- feel better in multiple areas. It gives me di- it gives me direction in what I want to do. It gives me an idea and if I really want to do it. And it also helps me look responsible mm-hmm. to my dad. Yeah, like... Your job instead of baseball, that looks more responsible. And he he definitely agrees, and he definitely thinks I should do it. And I definitely think I should do it because he doesn't know that I plan on moving out. You know, it's not really something I talked about because we've had a talk in the past before. He wants me to stay home for a little bit, but it's kind of like... Why does he want you to stay home? So I can, get, like, make sure I have a solid... Not so he says so I can have a solid foundation, money, a job, financial stability one way or another, and then be able to stay home and have free housing, free food, just you know, got to do chores and stuff around the house for them. But it's kind of like too much has gone on in that house, and I've had too many kind of like rough patches in that room itself. I don't want to really stay there anymore. You still have the feeling of like you have no freedom. When you're in that house, I, yeah, yeah, and I know, and I can't really say it's like a dictatorship. It's definitely authoritarian. <laughs> I I've never heard a household be described like that before. Well, I have, but it's like, it's just crazy to think about. It's like, it's like, part of it, three fourths of it. You know, I can't really, because it's kind of like 
scary thought saying, you know, because then I do sound manipulative if I do say, um, it's just him being strict. I can't really say that. I feel bad saying that because that's really not, I have done things, you know, I have deserved some of it, but I've been grounded for two months after December. I just got my computer back two weeks ago, a week ago. Uh, been on that, you know, uh, grades are good. School's going great. I mean, obviously I have rough times, uh, like really bad times in building trades. Uh, you know, uh, I was texting him about a therapy session with a counselor and he said, no, I can't leave school that day to go. And it was just like, I can't, I don't have anyone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I really needed to talk to someone at that point. Cause that was kind of like when my mind was cloudy with all sorts of thoughts. It was like, well, who am I going to talk to? I feel hopeless. Um, walked out of building trades. I was like, Layman, I got to go to the LMC. And he was like, why for a book? And I just left because, you know, I was like about to break down right then and there. But I just walked down the hallway to the library, went to the back room, did my thing, sat there for all of building trades. Um, and then lovely female literally skipped math class to come down and kind of help me make me feel better um it's just like there's been too much there's been a lot of bad this year and that's not really what I wanted my senior year to go so after my senior year I want to kind of guarantee I have good that's another reason I want to guarantee I have that good I have I have that kind of downward spiral Mm -hmm. but then I want to make sure that I get back up you know, before when we were talking about, um, I asked you if you thought that in the moment or planning was your problem. I think it's definitely in the moment because you plan a lot. You're definitely a future focused person, but you make those plans and then in the moment is when you screw up. I, I don't think that you stick to your plans because of in the moment and that's what really messes you up because you do have these plans but I could see that like once you gain this freedom that like you're just gonna go like what would you say like on a on a rampage kind of like you're, you're gonna be feel so free that it's like I get to do whatever I want, and now I'm going to do everything. Like, obviously not, like, coke or meth, (laughs) but, like, (laughs) like you get what I mean, where it's, like, I'm going to go to parties now. I'm going to go to, like, so, like, I think in the moment is definitely your problem. You're you're good at planning, but, like, in the moment might, might become an issue later on when you gain that freedom. Hmm. Okay. Because even when you were talking about, like, how your problems came to be, you're like, I don't know why I did that. Like, you just you just don't know why. You just kind of did it. You just did yeah, it. Yeah, you just did it. And it was in the moment. But, like, you're good at planning things. You just, you just don't stick to it because of in-the-moment thinking. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you wanted to work on it, that would be something to to work on is like sticking to plans 
because even even with anything like you know you and I have worked out together and it's you want to work out a lot but sometimes you can just like fall out and it's kind of like in in the moment thing and then after that you're like oh now I'm like fat <laughs> but like like you could just pick it back up again but now you feel like you feel like a bad person yeah you feel like a bad person for for dropping it and then that makes you just drop it forever instead of picking it back up again uh, it kind of relates back to like the black and white thing where it's either you do it or you don't. That's kind of a thought I have a lot. That's kind of like a thought I feel like it's kind of been like kind of drilled in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely true. Because um, uh, a lot of things that I'm told is it's either do or don't that black and white. And then, you know, uh, sometimes... Sometimes I think about like it being my fault all the time because I have been hearing a, a lot, a lot about how it is my fault, you know, at home. It's all, it's all from the choices I've made and uh, being selfish and only worrying about yourself and not worrying about the mental health of my parents. It's like, it's not something I try to do. It's not really like something I can explain after I do it and they expect an explanation for why I did it. It's really not something I can explain sometimes. It really is just one of those in the moment kind of things. Mm -hmm. Where did you get this idea that asking for help from people is manipulative? Uh, After being told, uh, quit seeking attention, uh, stop, uh, It's kind of like um, there was one day where I met with uh, counselors and a teacher and I was looking for help because I was emotionally distraught that day. It was at school and I told my dad about it and he said, stop looking for attention. Stop looking for, you know, ways to validate your lies and your reasoning and stop manipulating them. Stop manipulating us. It's like, it kind of feels like, um, you know, I asked asked for help from the resources I'm supposed to ask help from, and I was told I was manipulating and using them. And that was kind of like, continued to amplify. You should know that, like, what... I hope he never hears this podcast <laughs> for your sake, but um, you should know that like that is a form of manipulation. Saying that you are manipulating others, kind of gaslighting you, is is not healthy, and that it should not be your thought process at all. Sure, there are times when like sometimes there are certain scenarios where certain individuals rely on others too much to a fault and then that's those are times when you have to look at yourself and be like all right i gotta pick myself up because no one is gonna do it for me because i'm such a lazy piece of shit right and then there are certain times when you need 
the resources around you that are available because this has happened to high schoolers before, you know, those resources that you need, that's not being manipulative. That's, that's you genuinely needing help because that, that is you helping yourself, right? We talked about the mask thing and again, it was re- everything ties back, but helping yourself before you help others, that is literally the definition of helping yourself. Asking others for help is helping yourself and then you can help others. So by, by doing that, I feel like that is the perfect thing to do. You know, your resource uh, counselors, your, your teachers that you trust, you know, close friends. That's not manipulation. That's literally reaching out for help and getting that help for yourself. And you feel punished for that. So that's why you always say like, oh, I need to help others or I'm the type of dude to help others. Because every time you try to help yourself, people tell you that's manipulative or others tell you that's that's selfish. It's not selfish. It's not at all. You should break that idea. It, it seems like your dad wants control. And if you get help from a guidance counselor or you get help from someone else, that's out of his control. It's no longer his control. Therefore, he feels uncomfortable. And I think that's the reason why he tried convincing you to not get help and stay away from other people in general basically he basically just wants you to like be at home and that's it in your solitary confinement and because it's all in his control and and maybe that's not like maybe in his mind he's not trying to like do a bad thing right with that self-control aspect because like the self maybe he feels like you've you know you like you said you've done bad things and so far, he's been the only person to try and steer you in the right direction. So with that, maybe it's like kind of a, not a paranoia thing, but like, I don't know. It's kind of maybe like the thought process of like, if only I can teach him this. If only I could like make him do this. Like he wants you to get on the right path, but like the way that he tries to do that is by making choices for you which you which we already talked about and which you already know but like it it does come from a good place it's just like it gets twisted along the way it gets, yeah it the gets message twisted. isn't all the way there by the time he expresses that emotion to you to be fair i had no idea where this episode was going right um i had an idea in my mind that like oh let's bring a guest on and so now I'm fully prepared for when we bring our next guest on, they just like spill their guts out with like depressing topics. I thought this was going to be like a joyous storytelling episode and I'm not blaming you for it not being that, but like, <laughs> this is just like out of nowhere. It went pretty sad, pretty fast. Sometimes we'll have a fun guest. Sometimes I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have I mean, Sheldon's. We'll call I know. <laughs> that, that's not saying you aren't fun like this has been a fun conversation oh, this has probably been one of our best podcast episodes like ever it's like up there this is just one of my best conversations in general i forgot that the podcast was even going <laughs> hey man we're just writing the narrative we're right? just writing the narrative out here factual that's why we named it i don't know i just my dad's like interesting i because like while it i think a good way to describe it a good way of um balancing the blame 
is like, well, it may have been your fault for doing those actions. I think it's your dad's fault for keeping it going. You know, like... Not seeing the pattern. Yeah, like the negativity has been kept around and has gotten worse because of him. Like, sure, you did make mistakes, but normally, like, people move on from those, you know? Like, a lot faster than what your dad has. And so, like, while you make mistakes, that's human. And so while it may have been your fault, you can, like, learn from it. Mm -hmm. But, like, your dad is what perpetuates it and keeps it around. My dad is definitely a, uh, a pessimist and holds grudges. Um, with going back to like my relationship, um, he the reason why he kind of like forced me to just he told me to cut off all ties with her, and I couldn't really do that is because he's uh, he's kind of like trying. It feels like he's trying to put it into my mind that me and her have a truly toxic relationship. Um, and he's like trying to put into my mind that like, I'm like, I'm like my brother with girls. I've seen my brother with girls. I've seen a toxic relationship and I truly, I truly know that I don't have that with her. And, you know, as soon as I heard those rumors that came up in January, I immediately know, I immediately knew that something was off something was very off because one she wouldn't say that to someone else to then have it go to my parents she would tell me straight up you know she's a straightforward person she yeah, does very, not she does direct she does not care mm-hmm. you know she's straight straightforward and a real person she would tell me and she would put me in my place if she had to i knew she would and i know she can but then you know it's it, he's like you have a truly toxic relationship. You are way too codependent on this person. She is warping your mind. She, you know, it's like me and her have joked about it. You know, she she has her little magical wand and she's digging into my brain and screwing it up up here. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's, I've, I've gotten more good out of her than like I have what feels like all of high school out of you. And I hate saying it, but sometimes it feels true. And you know, it's like, um, it's just like, it hurts to say, it does hurt to say, and you don't even know her. You talk to her, what once, twice, three times. And every time you have talked to her, it's been about a five word sentence max. It's like you don't even know her. You don't even know the things that go on between me and her. And you don't even you don't even know me with girls. Because at a certain point in time, back in eighth grade when I dated when I dated someone, you know, it was eighth grade. Middle school relationship, the worst. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. You know. Factual. You're young, you're way too dumb, and it's just it's that it's the first time ever feeling those feelings for a new person that has just kind of walked into your life. It's like you're relating my senior relationship with an eighth grade relationship and immediately assuming that I am seventh grade relationship. It started in seventh grade and went through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. It's like you're immediately assuming that now that I am 17 years old, I'm going to revert back to my 14, 13 year old self and have this 
toxic, you know, like just messed up relationship. And it's like, can you really do that? And why are you trying to cut me off from a person I so deeply care about? If he wasn't your father, I don't think you would ever interact with him. Like, like you said, with your, with your stepbrother, like you're forced to be friends. I think that's the same thing with your dad, except you aren't even friends. You're forced to just interact with each other. I feel, I feel like I feel that way with my entire family, to be honest with you. That's Mm -hmm. why I feel so disconnected from them. You know, they say you spit in the face, you spit in the face of family that like truly loves you and truly believe in help you with anything. It's like sometimes you guys don't even feel like my family. Sometimes you just feel like people I'm forced to live with. Mm -hmm. And like the people, the other ones that they are trying to keep you away from, like the lovely female, you feel like as if they're closer than your family. I do. I feel like she is family. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that's also another thing. There's that, and then the fact that he's telling me I have this toxic relationship, and I am too warped and effed up in the head to see it for myself. It's like... Well, that's his, That's probably his natural self-defense, because he's used to your brother and his toxic relationships, right? So as soon as you get, like, a, a female that, like, you actually care about, he's just going to automatically assume, like, oh, here we go again, like... This is like another one of those situations. And he's probably just trying to defend you. But what he's really doing is hurting you more than helping you. And he probably feels like he's helping you because he just doesn't know better. He's not used to this like new experience of a high schooler actually finding someone that he cares about genuinely. And it's his outlet to the world. He probably haven't ever experienced that with his other son, right? So, I mean, you got to see his perspective. You have to just have a like long so as of now he does not know that you are like officially you know talking to her right are you guys talking or are you guys dating we're dating um last weekend he told me to like cut her out just get her out of my life and i was i I had to just say okay i promise because if i didn't it would devolve into probably a yelling match him taking my stuff away and that would be even worse for me mentally than just having to lie about it. Yeah. Well, I did lie about it because I did say I promise, you know. But he also has to understand it's really just not that easy. You know, you think she's this toxic, um, this terrible person. You don't even know her. Barely talk to her. Um, you haven't like you've barely seen her she's been over to my house a few times but you've barely seen her you don't know what happens on this phone that is right next to me you don't know what we talk about yes uh we facetime we used to facetime all the time but how is that any different from me being on discord all day playing with like the boys you know she's not only a friend but she's more than that and he thinks that you know, since I'm on the phone with her, that I'm just in this toxic, on this phone with her all the time, talking to her, you know, about literally anything, being able to hang out with her, and um, it's just like, it's this terrible thing for me, but really what's going on is him implanting into my brain that she's this toxic person for me, 
keeping me away from the people that I want to be with and that I truly care about. That it's it's making it a hundred times worse on me. And you know, lately I've, I've it's just been like this kind of like numb feeling, I suppose, kind of like, okay, that went wrong. What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and with this relationship, I tried so hard to make it work. Uh, I, I tried so hard to make it work, and it's like, you're really just gonna, you're just gonna take it, yank it away, from rip me like it that? out of my hands. No, I'm not gonna let that happen. I will fight through these last three months, three and a half months, if I have to make it work. Mm-hmm. And it's like she, she's definitely the closest person to you at this moment. Can you say that? With confidence? Yeah. Okay. I can yeah. say it with confidence. Yeah, because she shaking, knows... I'm shaking my head yes, by the way. <laughs> she knows the most about you. She does know the most about me. Yeah. I, I love talking to my friends, but, like, even there's certain things that, like, I can't tell my friends that, like, I I could, right? And it would be a little awkward, but I, I just feel more comfortable talking to my female companion about it. Well, that's anyone. also the thing. Like, sometimes there's some things that you you can't talk to the same gender about. You know, there are some things where you have to go to the opposite because sometimes you need their point of view. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need their assurance. But then there's other things where you have to go to the same gender. You know, it's like it goes it goes same for both. Um, It goes same for anything, really. Yeah, it all depends on context. Exactly. And like there are some things that I would never tell like one of you guys that I would tell her. And there's some things that I would never tell her that I would tell you guys. Yeah. It's like it's that's just hum that's human mm-hmm. and then you get called manipulative for it and then when I try to and then when I need help I legitimately need help I try to find help I get help I talk to people you know I take some time out of my school day but my grades are still good and I'm I'm being told I am wasting school time I am manipulating lying another thing that he's been saying is not telling the whole story I could write I could, I could write books. I could write essays. I could write literally this entire wall. If the font was in point one, I could fill up this entire wall. That's a big ass wall. That is, that's a very big wall. For those of you listening, it's a big wall we're standing next to, sitting next to. It's just like, this feel good to get off your chest. Have you ever thought about like when you leave, you just like write him a book and like leave it on a desk or something when you go and move out I thought about it writing him a note yeah leaving him a text saying that you tried your best but there were uh, plenty of times where you screwed me up you know mm-hmm. I commend you but I also it's just like you tried so hard to keep me on the straight and narrow that you are sometimes it feels like you're pushing me off the deep end to keep me on that straight and narrow that's so idealistic to you it's like you need to I wish you would see from a 17 year old teenage perspective that you know kind you know it's like 
I haven't had these feelings for a girl and since middle school and those weren't even like I can't even call those true real feelings those were mm-hmm. skewed I feel like you can call those feelings if you put yourself in the mindset of an eighth grader right because that's like their world then yeah you it, don't know the future you don't know the past you don't know what feelings are like that eighth grade self is truly like those are real feelings to an eighth grader right as a high school or even as you get older you can look back and say like man those are such like fake ass bum ass feelings but you've never had those before so you don't even that know that's true this is this is your world which is crazy and now i'm like i'm feeling it again but in my older mature self and it's like you can't expect me to kind of just like nudge her off the table one that's something i can't do to anyone Unless they, you know, they, like, just, they're not the person who I need in my life. But, like, you can't expect me to do that with anyone. And I had a problem with that in the past, you know. Well, he's not asking you to nudge her off the table. He's asking you to, like, just cut, cut her, her off. off. Cold turkey. And that's why I can't do it. Man, that's you why can't I... do that for, like, anybody that you care about in your life. Let alone a female companion. Exactly. So, do you plan on just cutting him off as soon as you move away i don't want to but if it has to come down to that if it's truly a problem then i'll nudge him mm-hmm. but i don't want to cut my dad off mm-hmm. you know i don't want to have to do that and sometimes i feel like he thinks i want to do that when he jumps to this conclusions he jumps to all these conclusions all the time and he assumes and you know, he's also pessimistic. He sees the worst in everything. And it's mm-hmm. like... And also, it's just like... See the good. See the good that she brought me when I wasn't grounded. Because the entire time I was talking to her, that he kind of based everything off of, I was grounded. I'm not going to be this pretty little social butterfly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be down. It's not because of her. It's not because she's not talking to me. It's not because of blah, blah, blah. la di da di da It's because you took... You disconnected me from a world of connection. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really just a hard feeling to go home, have this gut feeling, hear the classic, come out here, take a seat, and then end up maybe half an hour an hour later of just mental barrage with give me your phone going into my bedroom and just laying in bed staring up at the top bunk and just thinking or maybe sometimes i'll immediately grab that notebook and i will just write and write or sometimes i'll just grab a book and start reading mm-hmm. anything to pass the time anything to get the week two weeks three weeks done faster is necessary this goes back to what i was saying before about how if you think that the punishment keeps it going do you think the reason why you had done smoking and you had done drinking was because of your dad and his punishments to pass the time it was definitely to pass the time uh it was definitely kind of like an interesting feeling to rebel. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't really say it was a good feeling. I, I don't really want to say it was a bad feeling because it really wasn't. 
it was a bad feeling after the fact. But it was having that choice. Did as you well. did you smoke and drink when you were grounded, or is that how it started? Mm, there was. I think there was one gr- there was one grounding, where um, you know I was like I'm done. I'm gonna stop. You know, at least give it time. And then I had the option to smoke, and I did while I was grounded and it passed the time so much faster it helped me just like it helped but it also it never helps you know that's not what it is it never helps even though you might think it does mm-hmm. smoking's me and Eddie have talked about this we feel that smoking is okay if you're using it in the right state of mind right um if you're using, uh, if you're smoking just to like escape, you know, the world you're, and your problems, it's not the best option for you because you're not dealing with those issues. You're just kind of using, uh, using it as a kind of buffer between you and the issues. Yeah. Distraction. Yeah. And it never, it never lasts. And not only does it not last, but eventually, you know, that buffer is going to get smaller and smaller the more you use it, right? So, and in the end, you eventually end up colliding with your problems. You're on a collision course. And mm-hmm. then that issue is just magnified so much more when you could have just dealt with it without smoking. Yeah, I would definitely say I smoked so much to pass time. Because there were... Because really, everything... Ever since I was in high school, it's kind of all led up to senior year, being 18, going doing my own th- go and do my own thing. That's always been the goal. Always been the goal. But now I kind of like now that it's coming, you know, it's I want to make it my first priority even if I have to sacrifice, you know, baseball. Um you know, have to sacrifice all my free time to work and actually make money, you know? It's like I want to work my ass off so I can say I worked my ass off last year of high school and um, be able to move out, be able to have, be able to, be able to confidently say that I am not worried about my home life to have fun without having to check my phone every so often to make sure I don't have a text or to have to check my phone to see if he's home or not, you know? Do you think that when you move out, he is going to, like, cut you off of privileges? Like, he's going to try and turn your phone off and you're going to have to, like, go on a different phone plan with by yourself or with someone else? Um, I can confidently say about my dad that he isn't, you know, that low of a person that Mm -hmm. if I want to move out, he won't cut off my, you know, as long as I pay, you know, as long as I continue paying bills, you know, paying him for the plan, you know, it's like, I can confidently say he isn't going to be that low of a person, but if he is, then that's just more of a reason for me to, to go. Yeah. You know, 
it's like like I said, I haven't told him I'm moving out yet. <laughs> if he listens to this, if he listens to this episode, well, no, you're fucked. Well, you're shit. done. Your next three months are gone. Talk about losing your freedom. You're gonna lose the right to breathe. <laughs> you probably hate me and Eddie too. No, maybe I don't know. Or do you think if he listened to this that he would see your side? No, no. I feel like no. if he listened to this, he would say I'm not telling the whole story because there there is more that goes into it but it's not really something i want to discuss no that's fair yeah we don't and it's not really something it. i want to put you know on spotify for anyone to listen to yeah. there's not a whole lot but i've i feel like i've kind of explained the situation from my point of view yeah the, the, the premise of it and i mean i could go into his point of view but it's not mine i can't say for sure yeah. i don't want to demonize him and i also don't want to make him you know, sound like he's in the clear because there's some things I really don't agree with. You know, I wish I had a connection to my parents to say that, to tell them really anything, but I don't have that connection. Mm-hmm. I don't tell them things. I can't talk to them confidently and expect a decent talk out of it. Um, it's just not something I can, not, not anything I can see. Now you, we've talked to your dad, your dad, your dad, all about your dad, right? And you keep saying them, right? Implying more than one. Where does your mother fit into all this? My mother, mother, she is your your yeah your real mom. She is opposite from my dad. I've kind of let her. I've filled her in on my plan this summer. I have told her she under she fully understands and she 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 doesn't you know. Have you ever thought about moving? over there after high school and staying with her i couldn't leave i couldn't go to arkansas why not one they're trying to sell their house in arkansas Mm -hmm. and two i wouldn't want to leave the northwoods i feel like i have way too much here to way too much here that leaving packing up my stuff and going would just be i don't know it's not really a thought that's comforting it's not healthy no i'm glad that you feel like you have a sense of home, even if it's not your home home and you don't like your home, that um, the Northwoods in and of itself is a home for you. Well, I have my entire life up here. I have everything. I mean, I've been in Wisconsin all my life to just pack up my shit and go down to Arkansas. I feel like that would be one, unreasonable for myself and those closest to me. But two, it it would get me out of this place that's caused me so much problems it would just only cause me more problems. It would make me feel more lonely and it would put me in a place I don't want to be. Would you say it's almost like if you feel like if you move far away, it's almost like you're running away from all your issues? That and it's a double-edged sword, you know. Um, I stay here, I have problems. Um, but I also only have three and a half months left. Mm-hmm. Like that is not that long in the grand scheme, grand scheme of things. And, you know, with school going on, it's only going to go faster, and sooner or later it's going to snowball. I just have to get in the right state of mind for it to start snowballing. I need to get my positivity back because I was going good for a while. And then kind of all this shit happened, and it's like, it's kind of what Ms. J described as me losing my flame back in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, me losing my flame and not really being able to, you know, I've, and I've been trying. I've been trying hard at school. I've been trying harder at home you know things at home recently have been decent now that i was told to cut morgan out of my to cut her out of my life 
but I still am talking to her and, you know. So now you got to be careful. I got to be careful because now I'm paranoid that he's just going to say, let me look at your phone. He's going to see I'm still texting her. And then, you know, he said he would take my phone away for six months, put me in full lockdown. He would call her parents, you know, explain everything that happened. And it's like, just stop. Just stop. Mm -hmm. This isn't your life. Stop making it your life and your problems. This is my problems. These are my my choice, you know. If if she truly said those things that she said back in January, then I'll learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. But I'm at least going to try. That doesn't make sense. If if she did say those things, why would she still be with you? Why would she? Why would she still be with me? Right. Why she she literally, you know, she like. She wants to call, um, you know, she wants to try to call every night, you know. Uh, ha- she packs me lunches for school. She skipped a full class. She packs you lunches for school? She packs me lunches. That's beautiful. It, it's some good-ass like, lunch, that, too. That, makes, that brings a tear to my eye. You know, it's just like, and I truly care about her. You know, I want to see her every day. Uh, I want to talk to her. I want to have this good relationship with her. But now I'm being told that I'm in this toxic relationship, and I am... Um, being manipulative and you know that it's causing me so much inner pain and this inner paranoia and like it conflicts with the side that is what i'm being told and the side that i know the side that you know there's trust the side that there's love and then there's a side that i'm being told toxic manipulative you know and it's just like colliding and it's just causing me more and more problems mentally because then it's like it's just i do you think you can keep it from him that you're dating her still yeah how long are you able to keep this a secret like probably for not much longer three months as they say do you feel like this has been healthy for you i feel like this has been pretty good i'm glad that you came on and our you know confident and trust us enough to share these thoughts with us of course and when this is published i'm gonna I'm probably gonna tell her to listen to this because i feel like i kind of want her to know well i i thought she would have already known all of this this is just kind of like a she a good summary nice yeah she does but you just wrote a book i did just write a book yeah it's like she does know but she, i don't really tell her exactly how it makes me feel Mm-hmm. I guess because I don't I don't want her to think I'm constantly worried about like our relationship. I'm not saying I am constantly worried about our relationship, but I have I feel like I have reason to. I don't think at once in this whole entire podcast actually you've really talked about how you felt. You you talk about what you think, but not really about how you feel. Although it it does affect your emotions quite a bit, but like. Just in general or about her? About just in general. Like you you've you've talked about I think we can I think we can pull some emotions from what he said, right? Well, yeah. So like the 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 emotions with his father, right? Annoyed, mm-hmm. um hurt a little bit, uh sad, definitely, anger. I mean, just the way he, the way you can, I don't know why I'm talking about him, like he's not here. The way you've, <laughs> the way you've conveyed your emotions to us, 
all just a, a range of different feelings, right? The way you've told us the stories and how you, you can just tell you're still heated about it. Because the way you talk about how much you care about her and how like he wants to remove that from your life is just anger. It's just pure anger. It's like annoying and anger. Kind of how I keep repeating it too. Well, it's not repeating. It's good to repeat. Repeating is a form of, I repeat all the time. Eddie knows I repeat like every other sentence every other week, right? Yeah. Um, But repeating is a form of coping for me. That's what I do. Because I feel like I'm not being heard because I wasn't heard for a while. And when I repeat things, it, it helps with just making sure that I'm heard as a person, as a human. Um, my jokes, uh, my comedy, my uh, my just reminding people how I feel about them. There's no such... Repeating is never a bad thing. If someone says you repeated that or like you already said that, tell them go fuck yourself. <laughs> tell, them, tell them to fuck off because they're stupid and annoying. Like... It's fine. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Anything else you want to add as we wrap this up? Not really. I feel like I've kind of racked my brain. I do you do you think you're in a better state of mind now going for forward? You needed this. I, we could tell you needed this. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you needed this. You think you needed this? I I feel like it's. It's one of those things where it's like... He wasn't you, expecting it. Yeah, you weren't expecting it, but like, it just... That's the reason why it happened so naturally, is that we didn't really have a topic for this episode. We just kind of went into it, you know? Um, and it turned into this. And so, you need whatever the natural thing is. And if the natural thing was to talk about this, then that's, that's what, what you, you need. need. Yeah. The, the main thing that brought a little bit of joy to my day is you asked in the car right here, you said, what's the topic for today? What's the general idea? And I said, you. And you just had a little, you had a little smile on your face. <laughs> just a little, just a tad little smirk that was like, I'm the main topic, you know? Which is, which is nice. Bring a little joy. Well, you good there? Yeah. Question yeah. is, what is the title going to be of the episode? <laughs> We we all, we always think of the title afterwards, so it's like, we don't know yet. <laughs> um, I think today is going to be, I, we're going to call this a series where we have guests on the show, and yeah. like, wherever it goes, it goes, and you're the first guest, so I guess we got to find out what the series is. It's almost like a season two, we're not sure if we're going to call it season two, because there's an official thing where we can have seasons of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many episodes are we in now? This is going to be episode 18, I believe. 18. We do this every Sunday. Uh, we've done this every Sunday. And, um, yeah, we're happy that you start something new for us. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, and it was definitely a kickoff because it's oh like... Oh, my God, such a good episode. Holy shit. Because, like, you know, I, I think you have um, trouble initiating, but, like, as soon as someone asks you a question, you could just talk. And it's really great for us because we're good at asking questions. So, it yeah, it's it's easy to talk to you because of how uh, easily accessible your brain is, I guess. Because you just you just talk. You just let it go. Yeah. Well, I had no idea where this was going. Um, I had some ideas in my mind. This was not one of them. 
So way to start off with a banger episode. Absolutely. And I feel like your situation uh, relates to a lot of high schoolers out there. Not even high schoolers, like young adults that are going through like what you go through. Just kind of like, um, well, teenagers as in the fact that parents kind of just immediately assume it's like teenage drama and that these feelings that some of us are feeling are either the first time we're ever feeling this for someone or kind of um, like um, we're just over over exemplifying it or it's just immediately a toxic relationship because you just want to like talk to the other person how is me talking to her any different from me talking to you guys on a daily basis right or playing video games for hours like what we used to do mm-hmm. it's like how is how are those two any different and you know like it's just like it's just mind-blowing because some parents just truly don't understand that and they truly just they want the best for their kid but they don't do the best job of letting that on and then there's some parents that even if you try to let them know that you're causing them more harm than good they will fight by their stance because they always want to feel right they always want to feel that they're doing a good job parenting you know that's what every parent wants to believe maybe someday we'll think that way i i think it's also good for those uh teenagers like jacob and i who are privileged in the fact that we somewhat take our freedom for granted you know like i I had a friend over last night he he slept at my house and my parents i didn't even tell them like i the thought of talking to them about it didn't even cross their mind they still have no idea that i had anybody over last night i'll have people just come over and they'll be like hey what's up jake's parents and they'll be like oh are you coming over and they're like yeah did jake not tell you and i'll be like no i forgot to tell him and they'll be like your parents are okay with that i'm like yeah they don't care yeah it's just like there's there's been unfathomable about uh, unfathomable like amount of times that i've just like looked at people's parents and i'm like why can't i have that why Mm -hmm. can't i just like go out why can't i you know why can't i drive because i can't even drive what you know it's just like why can't i just go do this at that time when you know no i have to i can't leave the house unless it's cleared by my dad Mm -hmm. and maybe a part of that's because i'm still grounded do I know when this grounding is going to end? I don't know, but it's been going for almost two and a half months now. And of course you can't ask for it. And of course I can't ask extends. for it. Yeah. Because, and I personally, I've personally started believing that sometimes asking for stuff is just too much. Like some things are just too much to ask for. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I'm 18, you know, 18, I hope it's not kind of like a rush thing and I hope it works out, but I want to move out and I want to have that sort of freedom. But then there's so much going into it that it's like, sometimes is it really going to work? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even have my driver's license. How am I going to go to and from work? You know, if I do get this place in two towns over, how is it going to work out? The pay is amazing. It, it for out of high school student like just out of high school mm-hmm. the pay is amazing 
But it's like, am I going to have to pay a friend to drive me until I can get my own license? I'm going to have to find a car. I'm going to have to have the money for the car, the gas, you know, the house, the rent. It's just, this is why, and (laughs) for my uh, baseball friends out there, if you are listening to this, I do, I'm probably not going to do baseball. It's kind of something I feel like I have to sacrifice in order to kind of get that good in my life that I want so dearly. You know, because nothing good comes without a cost. Mm-hmm. True. Sadly, that's true. Yeah, like before, I saw on your on your story you had posted, "Hey, if you got any jobs for me on the weekends, hit me up." The weekdays. Like, and oh, you you said the weekdays. Yeah, because I'm oh. trying to fill my schedule. I thought it said weekends, so. <laughs> That's why I texted you. Why not just get a real job? You're like, true. <laughs> just like, so you know, it's not just like teenagers who listen to our podcast. I've had many of moms come up to me. Moms that I've never met in my life. Uh, well, do you know Mac? Uh, was he on cross country? Yeah. 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 Um, he had, uh, he's like, he texted Eddie and said, Eddie, do you have a podcast? And he's like, yeah, I do. How'd you hear about it? Because we're always trying to, like, figure out, you know. And he's like, my friend's mom listened to it. And we're like, oh, God. God. Moms listen to our podcast? And then not only that, did I tell you, um, I went to my girlfriend's hockey game, her last hockey game of the season. And while I was there watching her play, I was talking to her mom. And her, her mom had a friend who came up to me and was like, oh, my gosh. Are you Jake in writing the narrative? I'm like, are Dude, you got, sh- are you shitting me right that's now? That's gotta be a weird feeling. That's, and it's that, the weird, yeah, that's a weird feeling. I literally, I usually never get like social anxiety, like social whatever, and I I couldn't even make eye contact with her. Like I looked away and I said, "Oh my god, this is not happening right now." And she listens to our podcast, and it is just. The, does she listen to like all the episodes? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh wow! And it's just the weirdest. She's like, "This is the famous podcast I've heard so much about writing the narrative." And I'm like, "This isn't happening. This isn't a reality. It is truly the weirdest feeling." Um, so don't feel like your message is gonna be like this tiny little thing. You're gonna you're gonna get out there, my friend. Hey, just so you know, we <laughs> we got a message one day. We are top 100 in Uganda. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're in the top one hundred of Uganda for what was it? Society and culture. Yeah, because it was our topic. Whatever tags and, and we we got like one listen or we got one download in Uganda and then we're top one hundred. We're the top. We got a message that said, congratulations, you're top one hundred in Uganda. Yeah. So, this is making out to Uganda. This is for you, Uganda. Well, yeah. I hate to make a kind of like a joyous moment, kind of like down. But that's also kind of a scary thought that somehow yeah. this is gonna get back to my dad and he's gonna immediately like. Let's hope not. He'll be okay. There's only so much hoping you can do, Jake. <laughs> well, officially, I think this is officially our longest podcast episode ever. Really? Is it like two and a half? Two, two and a half. Two o two. Two o two. Do we have one that went two and a half? We have one that went two fourteen. Whoa. Yeah. Well, our second longest podcast episode ever. This has been Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. Goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, everybody.